Welcome, Internet, to the Pixel Play Podcast, your weekly podcast where we get together to talk about all the news, rumors, and discussions going on in the gaming industry. I am one of your co-hosts, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined as always by my co-host, Adam, CS Radical. In this week's episode, we are going to be discussing games, talk about all the big games that got announced, and just talk about the overall success of the show. We are also going to be talking about China putting bans on kids playing online games. And Adam is coming to us with another fresh, timely review. This time, timely for 12 minutes. Uh, All that and more in this episode. And if you want to be part of the show, always feel free to connect with us. You can reach us at pixelplaypodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at pixelplaycast. And you could find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube as well at Pixel Play Podcast. We'd love to hear from you guys on any things that we talk about in the show. With that said, let's begin. Adam, how are you doing today? Well, much like 12 minutes, I feel like, you know, now that we've done enough of these intros, it's almost feeling like I'm stuck in a time loop. So, I don't know. Sometimes I'm doing good. Sometimes I'm doing bad. Sometimes I'm doing awesome. Sometimes I want to cry a little bit. Sometimes I want to cry a lot. Uh, it's, it's a mixed bag wherever you go, but... It's a Pixel Play podcast nonetheless. We will make it work, and I will survive, at least until uh, the next one when I can, you know, completely ruin the show by trying to make some really bad jokes based on whatever we're talking about this week. Yeah, uh, and I kind of feel with you, like, I feel like we're kind of nailing down that intro. It took us a little while to get our feet, but I feel like it's starting to come together, so uh, it is kind of coming second nature, I find. Well, they Um, don't know that. The audience just, they may assume that we're always getting around the first trip. We don't, this could have been the seventh take. We, without us actually addressing it, they don't know. It literally actually takes us two hours just to do that intro with every (laughs) single cut. But afterwards, now I don't know which, no, no, we just do this smooth. Like it's one cut. It, I mean, I think that's pretty clear. Never any mistakes on this show. Never. It's not a mistake if you don't address it. Exactly. Which is why we address them all the time on this show. <laughs> I think you just point them out more. Because it's fun. I'm like I'm like the Deadpool of this show. I like breaking the fourth wall. I can't help it. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of Marvel, we could actually just get jump right into it. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you were not aware, Gamescom has just come and gone. And as such, there's been a lot of new games being announced, a lot of trailers shown. Um, I think the big news that came out of it was that uh, opening night live, the Jeff Keighley show and how that went. So I think we should just jump into it. Adam, let's get started real quick with just the games that we saw. I figure what we could do is we can talk about the big games that I think a lot of people are going to be interested in and talk about some of the smaller ones that may have piqued our interest. Uh, And then we can kind of do a little bit more of a deep dive in the show as a whole. What do you think? Uh, I'm down for whatever. Perfect. So let's start exactly where Gamescom opening night live started. Oh, and before we get started, the reason why we're not doing Xbox is I feel like a lot of the big Xbox announcements were in the opening night live. So uh, overall, that show was a little bit more quiet, a little bit more subdued, less big news and more deep dives into stuff that we are already expecting. Um, So that's why we're not covering that one. Uh, So first one that they started up with was Saints Row remaster remake. Oh, it's a complete reboot. It's it has yeah, nothing reboot, to do yeah. with the original. Uh, no, franchise. and that's yeah. I just wasn't sure what we were calling it. So Saints Row reboot. I think it's well, I think it's Saints Row reboot. But at this point, it looks like the title is just Saints Row, unless they add something there, to the title after. No, I think it's one hundred percent just called Saints Row. I'm just referring to the Saints Row reboot, just so that people aren't like, "What that game from like early two thousands? Yeah, that's that game's back. I'm okay uh, with so that this, game coming back. Let's do it. 
so this game sort of takes place not really like i think it's very loosely if at all connected to the original games it's much more grounded you're no longer the president fighting aliens with superpowers uh you're i get the impression you're sort of a small up-and-coming crew in the area i think it's called santa santa aleso uh, and what you're doing there is you're like a small group kind of trying to make your name against the other groups that are kind of taking place in this area. Um, Adam, what did you think of the game? The trailer, we kind of saw more of a cinematic trailer than we saw actual gameplay. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't anything shown that's going to tell me if it's going to be anything different. Like, I don't know how the driving is looking like, what the shooting is going to look like. I mean, there's some weapons, but they don't show anything too crazy. I know that sounds crazy when we talk about how these crazy rocket launchers they have, but believe me, this is nothing compared to what Saints Row's default weapons are. So Hmm. just from the trailer as it stands, it really does feel like they're going back to Saints Row 1 in terms of starting out... You're getting your your footing into a new area. You're trying to become an actual gang with, you know, some sort of, you know, a level of respect that people have to be fearful of. Very much like the original game was. And obviously, they can go however they want after that. They can do the exact same thing again where they solely work towards you becoming the leader of the whole fucking planet. Like, they can, they can go through this all over again. And there is no reason for us to believe that this can be anything other than an alternate dimension because it's saints row. What's what no such idea is a bad idea with them. So they can do whatever they feel like. Cause I mean, if you try to go with the canon of this game, technically the earth has been destroyed. So, um, there's not really anywhere else to be. (laughs) So either this is during the original game in a whole other area or this is legitimately just like alternate universe stuff. So it's its own world now. So don't worry about the original four games, which I'm kind of leaning in that because you kind of get into some real crazy stuff if you try to mix the two. But then again, like I said, Saints Row has never said no to anything. So they could always try. Yeah, They are legitimately of the idea that no idea is a bad idea. And watching the trailer, like I, I think that they're getting that nice balance. Like they're not going super gritty, super realistic, like a, uh, like a watchdog kind of feel like it does feel more it still feels wacky like they're driving a car on top of like a roof and like what sort of seems like an imagined kind of las vegas area it's still over the top it's still fantastic it's still gonna be like i get the impression very lighthearted and fun but it's not gonna be over the top wacky and zany well it was the mistake they made the first time because the original game was not nearly what we expect from saints row now they made that Mm -hmm. specifically to try to compete with gta and it Mm -hmm. failed so they tried to do one more run of it but they tried to be a little bit more over the top and it worked and that's what's Mm -hmm. gotten especially the third and fourth games which are just ridiculous so yeah I think what they figure now is now that they know what their bread and butter is, what they're good at, now they're starting with a fresh slate. They can do whatever they want and have some fun with it rather than, you know, starting on a really weird tone. I think now they have an opportunity to really cement themselves with a brand new, like, bit of the series, brand new world, clean slate, nothing to to tone it with, or not to tone it with, um, nothing to compare it to. And then just go balls to the wall without going like the crazy superhero aliens in outer space like right right away. Like you can do the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. You can even find ways to do these kind of things in like dream missions or or, like these weird like flashbacks or whatever. Yeah, there's a million different ways you can go about it. But now they're getting the chance to reattach the initial ideas of what it was, which was just GTA on all the good drugs, which is what Yakuza is, but Japanese. So now this is the English Yakuza, basically. 
yeah, you know what? That's a really good example and a really good analogy. Uh, so that one comes out February 25th. Uh, next, they came out with Midnight Suns. This is a XCOM-style Marvel game. Uh, so kind of neat, seems cool. Uh, XCOM-style, the, the interesting thing is it doesn't look like it's leaning into the Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of costumes and everything. It looks like it's more taking its own little art style. You're going to be building your own little character uh, to be kind of playing alongside them. Uh, Adam, what did you think? I would have loved gameplay just because I want to know how they're going to do an XCOM-like game with with superheroes because that's that's my curiosity. Because, I mean, we know classes with XCOM. You have guys who use snipers. You have guys who use rocket launchers or shotguns or assault rifles. But now you have Wolverine and you have iron man and you have blade and you have dr strange so you get to that point of like okay like how is this actually going to work you know Mm -hmm. how is this good like how is it going to interact with the enemies like how is it going to be able to translate on how they move on the field what's the range of their powers going to be like i know that they can dumb it down so it's not too complicated it's more just my brain circulating being like man how would i use dr strange in XCOM? like i'm thinking of time powers (laughs) in a military strategy game. It's it, my brain is like trying to comprehend how it's all going to work together. I trust the team to do a good job because the, anything that's come out with the XCOM label on it has been a fantastic. So I expect them to figure out a pretty good way to make it balanced. And I'm not going to complain. Otherwise I'm a little disappointed that like, you know, there are some omissions to the team. Like I was really sad to not see any sort of a Spider-Man thing in there, but I mean, I know that Sony has the license specifically. So it's a little it's, bit more it's a complicated delayed. He still has that. to show, he still he still has to show up in Avengers. So that's that true. That, that is also a thing that I jeez, I'm don't Spider-Man's get me to the that running joke. Yeah. But no, like the the gist of what I saw like there's nothing this cinematic trailer is going to do to get me any more excited than already the concept in my head is doing. It's just mm-hmm. nice to now know that it exists and what it's starting to look like and the fact that it's more of an original sort of uh aesthetic rather than just taking off every cliche costume out there i'm pretty happy about that because it means we're going to get something a little different rather than you know the same costumes the same shtick you know here's here's this guy you're fighting him you fight a bunch of you know soldiers in between that no it seems like they're going a much more like interesting route rather than what we come to expect from say the last avengers game that came out which was his basic bitches you could possibly get in terms of a story so yeah i think it was a smart move on their part taking a whole different i and i think they probably learned this from like the avengers game is that don't like if you're gonna not make it like look like the cinematic universe completely avoid it and make and distinguish yourself as much as possible and i think that was a good call on their part um i like the fact that it's an XCOM game i feel like that is a way to kind of make it feel fresh and new I don't Especially know. Especially with just that me- license, like it, that's yeah. what that's what kind of gets my attention too. It's because it's not, a, it's not like a massive beat 'em up game. It's not a, like an action adventure game. It's something completely different. Kind of like what um, uh, the Mario Rabbids game was. You know, in mm-hmm. a sim in a similar light, like it's so out of the blue and so like off the charts that you, like you can't help but be interested. So same with Gears Tactics. Like I like it when mm-hmm. games that we're normally used to seeing in one specific light suddenly do something different because it just means we're getting something a little bit different from the norm, which I'll take any crack at. Like Yakuza is like, hey, we're going to make a JRPG now. I'm like, you have my attention. You're doing something completely fresh. Like I'm down yeah. for not seeing the same. You're Iron Man. Go punch stuff. 
your Iron Man shoot the lasers. Thor whips his hammer around. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know. For me, I'm interested. I'm like I'm open to looking at it, but like I don't know. I'm I'm burnt out of the Marvel franchise. I'm burnt out of the Mar- Marvel principle. Like, um, not principle. I'm like just I'm burnt out of Marvel, and it doesn't excite me anymore to see a Marvel game. That being said, I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man's the one exception who gets a pass on that, but for the most part, that whole Avengers Marvel collective universe is just doesn't do anything for me at this point. I mean, I'm excited because it's XCOM, and they could have released anything they wanted with the XCOM name on it, mm-hmm. and it would be just as interesting to me, but the fact that they just added Marvel to it just means like, okay, so it's XCOM, but something completely different from what we normally get. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. Have you ever played an XCOM uh, game before? I have not. Uh, I played a, I played something similar at one point, but no, no, I've never really gotten into an XCOM game. So I'm excited, like I'm excited to try it. I know that they've always been really, like, they seem cool and interesting, but they also seem very, I don't know. If you ever see, if you, you ever see it go on sale for like super stupid cheap on Steam, sometimes check out XCOM Chimera Squad because it's about the easiest bridge because it's relatively short, okay. and it's also it's also like its newest one, so they've got a couple of extra ideas in there instead of it just being straight. Go down this grid, kill thing, don't get shot. This time it's more yeah. like, okay, now there's breaching and, and a little bit more of that. And there's some more like, I think there's some more like powers and stuff to it because it's now when the aliens and humans are coexisting. So there's mm-hmm. a little more interest. So it's almost like a kind of a peak of what Midnight Suns could be. I got to go back and actually play a bunch of it because I tried to play it way back before I got this PC. So my laptop couldn't handle it. I still got to go back and actually try to run through it again. So cool. But like the little bit yeah. that I did try of it, I loved it because I'm already big on XCOM and then I decided to make it a little bit crazier, which I was down for because, yeah, XCOM is really good. But after, you know, two full runs of the same military strategy, eventually you want to do something a little bit different. Yeah, no, I'm I think the XCOM aspect is what intrigues me the most. Um, the, the Marvel aspect isn't so much. But yeah, I, I, I need to try the XCOM games. They do seem something like something I'd be interested in. Um. That one's going to be coming. Oh, and the gameplay, we're going to get uh, a gameplay tomorrow, actually. So September 1st. Oh, I didn't even know that. So that's perfect. Yeah. So by the time you're listening to this episode, it might already be a moot point and we'll know exactly what it looks like. But yeah. Uh, Next one they talked about was Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, This is the third time, third week and third time in three weeks that we've talked about Call of Duty. can't escape. No, it is now just a regular staple here. It is the new regular reference. Move, Move aside cyberpunk. So they showed us a gameplay single player of Stalingrad where you're playing as this female sniper kind of walking through. Adam, what's your initial thoughts when you saw this? What are you what were you thinking? I thought, OK, it's just a really good looking campaign mode. It's it's nothing mm-hmm. new to me. It's not. I mean, there's a little bit more with the climbing aspect of stuff, which I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. but I know it's mostly scripted anyway, so it didn't exactly make me go, oh, I feel like this is more open-ended i'm like no it's it's just you have to go this way it's just gonna show it whatever it's not that big mm-hmm. a deal it looks fine like it, again like like i said on the last show i'm not really interested in this at full price at this point because i'm probably only gonna play this and maybe try the multiplayer a tiny bit but because i don't have friends that play it a lot anymore there's no point in it yeah but like what i saw i'm like yeah it's it's what i've expected call of duty campaigns to be and they're very set pc they're very intense. It's over the top like a Michael Bay movie. And now it's just, it's looking a lot sharper, a lot prettier, and hopefully, you know, 60 frames per second, which I won't complain at that point. It just, it's still something that I'm probably not gonna, 
you know, go out of my way to get unless I can find a way to get it for under 30 bucks, because that's about as much as I value these campaigns at, given how long they are. Yeah, I'm I'm somewhat with you there. Like, I, I was kind of blown away. Like, it looks incredible. Like, the, like, artistic directions they have with this, like, the colors and how they play out. Like, it looks incredible. It looks amazing. The, you know, ray tracing, HDR, all that kind of stuff there looks awesome. I, I really like it. This one really intrigues me. Like, uh, I can't, like I said, I'm a sucker for the World War II aesthetic. And so that really appeals to me. And this kind of seems really neat. Like, I don't know what the rest of the gameplay is going to be like, but this kind of like creeping around kind of stealthily as much as she is with like a massive gun in her hand is awesome and really appeals to me. And it looks incredible. Like it, it's one of the best looking trailers I think that they had that day uh, at the show for me. Um, I'm with you. I think it's going to be one of those things. I'm going to wait for this to go on sale for like $30 or so. I feel like that's about the sweet spot for this campaign, but it looks incredible. And I'm just really happy with like, it looks awesome. It's the first one that really kind of appeals to me. I also like the aspect that it's not modern day shooter with, you know, radars and like, you know, we're Oscar Mike to the LZ. It's like, okay. Like I, I find that that can get a little over the top and I kind of like where they're going with this one. So this one for me is, definitely something that interests me and i'm gonna check out at some point it's a real shame though because every time i see them like lead off of the cinematic trailer my brain goes i know that about like 90 percent of the people watching this could care less because they want the multiplayer trailer Mm -hmm. it's kind it's kind of a shame on how that's been we talked about it again last week with how like single player just doesn't really move the needle much for for uh, call of duty games i mean it probably does for for a select few but not as much as it used to like modern warfare like one, two, and three, and Black Ops one and around two is where like everybody was in, whether you were the single player guy or the multiplayer guy. And now they're at mm-hmm. the point where it's like, man, I can't be justifying $80 for a f- five to eight hour campaign when there's all these other games out there that can do it so much better. Or especially with some of the free to play options you got, where you got games like Destiny 2 where you have all this this time that you can throw into it and all these different worlds instead of you know, it just being this really quick story, which more often than not is going to give you a couple of interesting moments. And again, like mm-hmm. the history set pieces of World War II in this specific game are going to be really interesting, especially with it having an alternate uh, history kind of kick to it. Mm-hmm. But again, like every time, like every time I watch this, I go, "Does this trailer sell the game to people?" The only thing it can possibly do, I think, to sell most people on the game is that it's the multiplayer fans thinking, "Oh man." This is what I get to look forward to when I play online, like this graphic fidelity while I'm like knifing the shit out of people. But like, I don't know. I, I feel I feel bad because I, I know how much I love these, but like I'm not the guy that they're selling to anymore because I can't I can't be bothered to pay $80 and then play this bit and then be done with it. it just doesn't make See, any I'm, sense. I disagree with you there. I think that they need to advertise the campaign more than they need to advertise the um multiplayer simply because you know the multiplayer you're you've got a little bit of attrition between you know this and like battlefield in terms of where are your players going but for the most part your call of duty players are going to stay with call of duty and they're going to move on with you as you go however it's the people like you and i who aren't necessarily being brought into the campaign or brought into the multiplayer where they're like hey here's your campaign are we going to buy it day one probably not but we're still going to buy it at some point 
So, well, the only argument I, think, I would make in, in terms of that then is like, wouldn't you want to try to sell your game to make it at full cop or at full price so that way you're getting the biggest profit out of it? Because if if your expectation is, well, we might get people to buy it a lot more when it's like half price, you're probably not making too much of a profit at that point either. Oh, but I think I think it's also I think it's easier to kind of show off a, a single player game. So now, like we're talking about it, which is kind of like what a lot of people are doing. and the people who play multiplayer are seeing with the multiplayer, like this is going to be somewhat what you can expect with the multiplayer, but I think campaigns just show off a little bit better with their set pieces and their scripts and stuff. So I think it's an easy, and now you're going to get more people who do the campaign who might actually say like, yep, let's, I'm actually going to check this one out. I'm going to get this one. So, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I, think, I mean, look, it's yeah. more just me going like, I like it's, it's the guy who reads Twitch chat when he shouldn't be when he's watching a trailer, just thinking like, I know that most of the people watching this are being like, I don't care. Where's the, mm-hmm. where's the, where's the deathmatch clips? I want, I want to know where I'm going to 360 no scope people. Yeah. I mean, to me, no. this, this looks amazing. It's just, again, like it doesn't like it's, it's expected to give me a release date and I'm going, I don't care what your release date is. Cause I ain't getting it on that day. Mm-hmm. It's more like, Oh, okay. I'll, that's something neat. Maybe I'll see if it ever drops to thirty. Like I'll put it on my PlayStation wish list. That's that's about the most I can give to them at this point. Yeah, I'm not against yeah, them putting the trailer happens. up. I'm always just surprised that they put that up first rather than the multiplayer because I figure more people are interested in that. So you get you hook them right away, and then you throw in the campaign trailer later to get people interested. But I don't know. I'm not. That's why I'm not the advertising guy for Activision. I guess so. Yeah, we're not we're not marketers. Um. Yes, that one's coming out, I think, in November. Um, so uh, I'm excited for that one. We'll see where that one goes. That's also one that usually drops pretty quickly, so I'm not too concerned there. Just... They're pretty by the book, too, with the release dates. They always got to have something in, in the fall. Yeah, they're pretty consistent. Um, next, kind of going the different route uh, is, or staying with the, the shooter route, is Halo. So Halo got an announcement, or uh, the release date was announced for December 8th. Uh, we kind of got a sort of general trailer into the story campaign, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't super. I don't know. What did, what did the trailer, what did the trailer do for you? Um, nothing. Cause Halo is not even on my radar to be completely honest. I haven't really mm. been interested in Halo since like it, it went to 360 basically. So for me, like, again, it's, it's me on the outside going, I know everybody's looking forward to this. So I'll shut up. Cause it's mm-hmm. not for me. In the same vein that, like, when Last of Us Part Two for Sony was a big thing, or, you know, whenever um, Nintendo does their big run, like, I'm not going to play any of this stuff, but I'm glad that it's out because it gets people something to look forward to, and that's fine. Does the trailer do anything for me? No, and I don't think it ever will. I don't know if there's anything Halo can really do now that can kind of get me back in the fold, but I imagine for anybody deep into Halo, this probably just gets you more hyped up for something you're already pretty pretty stoked to go after. I don't yeah. I don't know if it really like gets anybody else in the door. I think it just kind of further hypes the people up that are just have been waiting for it for a while now. Yeah, and, and and this is something that like I've been hearing and people have been talking that like there is some development hell for this game. And we talked about this a while ago and we had lots of comments on that one. But the thing with that concerns me is that this is coming out December eighth. So realistically, three months from now. And we still haven't we haven't seen any sort of campaign like trailer 
on like and even now we're kind of getting this little vignette but it doesn't really talk about the story too much in terms of what what's going on no gameplay they announced that the uh campaign mode is not going to be releasing on december 8th with the rest of the game so like i don't know like i i once again don't want to sound negative i really hope that this game comes out well but my concern is that we haven't seen the campaign in action since that botched kind of presentation a little while ago yeah it's a little bit worrying i mean again you know we're two sony guys here that are talking about you know a microsoft property but i said it from the very beginning when i saw the gameplay trailer i'm like okay like it looks fine but something just seems off and i've heard and i've heard rumors that the development was off and i really haven't seen anything that tells me to quell it it just seems like the advertising team is working overtime to try to get some of that image back. I'm not, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this game's going to suck. I really could, I don't think there's any possibility of Halo Infinite being an absolute dumpster fire. I'm just saying like, because it's taking longer and longer to come out, it's just making that hype grow and grow. And I'm afraid that what's going to happen is when it comes out, there's going to be a lot of people not too happy, not because like the game sucks, but because it's not the expectation that they got because there's been so much waiting. It's for the same reason that like, you know, I'm I'm kind of worried now about Horizon, but I'm kind of not at the same time. But because it keeps getting delayed, you're like, uh, because then you get cyberpunk vibes there. I just brought cyberpunk back in as my punching bag as per usual. Go. But like any time that, you know, we always make the whole, um, oh my God, why am I blanking on his goddamn name? The Mario guy. Mario? What's the creator's name? I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. I'm an absolute idiot. Miyamoto? Thank you. Holy crap. I kept saying, thinking Miyazaki. I'm like, no, that's Studio Ghibli, you idiot. Uh, but like, we always dude, we always do dude, the meme. That's, that's pretty bad to say you can't remember. I know, I know. That's, that's why I'm I like, I, sh- one I should have moved off. Being I like, shouldn't have admitted that I was forgetting. Doesn't even know Miyamoto. But like, I was at that point that we're, we're all thinking about the meme of like, you know, if a game rushed is never going to be as good as a game that, you know, if you're patient for and you and you, you know, work it out to to it being completed i'm still sitting here being like man we're here in the in these times now that like when games keep getting delayed it's generally not for polishing anymore i've learned from too many other games that i've played that when games are more than like a year on the back burner that's not because it's like polish it's because something's probably gone wrong behind the scenes or like pre-production was a lot longer than it needed to so they didn't have nearly as much time because I, cause I can make a list if I need to. Final Fantasy XV, big part of that. Mass Effect Andromeda, big part of that. Cyberpunk, big part of that. You know, those are some major titles, and they all had the same problem. Pre-production took forever, their development time was cut short, and they just, they couldn't recover. See, I'm going to counter that, because there's also a number of games I know that did have delays that came out really well. Uh, Uncharted 4 was delayed, and came out fantastically the last of us you know the the best game of all time you know quote me on it how long were the Uh, delays because i don't personally know because i didn't pay attention to either of those i mean it wasn't years but it was you know i think last of us bumped from february to like july so like five or six months yeah but that sounds like polish again like final fantasy 15 was years cyberpunk was years andromeda was probably years yeah I guess my concern is like, I'm not saying a delay in and of itself is concerning because I do think that I don't think there's been a game that has. 
Well, I guess what I'm saying is the the delay isn't necessarily a sign that the game is going to be bad. It sounds like a delay a delay to me kind of says, hey, there was problems with this game and we've rectified some of those. Not to say that the game is like good, but it's just the game would have been a lot worse if we hadn't taken that time. Like with those extensions. With Halo, my only concern is that they have had those delays and we are getting so close to launch and we haven't seen a lot other than the multiplayer. And that could just be that multiplayer is the focus of Halo and I would not be surprised if that is the case. But for me, it's kind of like one of those things like why haven't we seen it? And I feel like that is something that we should see. Well, at the same time too, it's not just delays and it's not seeing footage. It's delays and the amount of stuff we've heard and has been reported about what's been going on. So mm-hmm. that's why I kind of, especially when it comes to Mass Effect and Andromeda, I see very similar things in terms of like how there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that like a lot of people are not too happy or there's things getting rushed or there's stuff like just way behind schedule. Like there's a lot of things that I hear that my brain just connects to other games that I've seen that happen to. So I could be completely wrong. This could be a nine out of 10 classic Halo game. Mm-hmm. And I, I won't even say I'll eat crow because I'm not, I'm not going out here and saying it's gonna suck. I'm more just saying I'm worried, just like I've said many times before. I'm just concerned because the signs that I'm seeing are the same signs that I've seen with things that have ended up being absolute, like not dumpster fires, but like really, really big disappointments. So yeah, if, I don't if, think either. Of us if is Halo saying Infinite that. was to come out and be at best a 7 out of 10 on Metacritic, like a 70 in the on Metacritic, I wouldn't be shocked at this point. But if it also <laughs> ended up being an 86, I wouldn't be shocked either. Like, they're, both things are possible. It's just usually with something of the pedigree of Halo, you don't expect the 70 option to be as likely as the 85, 86 option. And I think one of the issues, though, too, is that this is a pinnacle tentpole game for Xbox. Well, like, this is supposed this to does... be their system seller, like when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And this is like this should really be what is advertising the power and the capability of Xbox. And like you, I'm not advocating yet. Like, yes, I am a Sony pony. But the first thing is that I'm a gamer and I want games to be good. I want games to be awesome. I want people to enjoy them. And that's all I want. Like, in reality, like I just have concerns of what we've seen does not give me confidence that Halo is going to be the amazing game that it should be and that it needs to be. Do I think that is going to like cause Halo to get, you know, cut or something? No. Like I think the multiplayer is going to be awesome, but it is not going to be like you said, it has a lot of expectations riding on it and there's a lot that is riding on this game and I don't know if it's going to necessarily deliver. Yeah. The other thing I found is that like the cinematic trailer itself didn't look super impressive to me in terms of like it's graphical fidelity, like especially coming off of something like Call of Duty Vanguard, like that looked incredible, looked next gen. And Halo kind of felt a little less so, like it didn't have that that polish and that gleam to it. Was it an artistic choice? Maybe, but I always kind of thought that Halo was, you know, I don't know. I, I always thought it was a little bit more of a performance kind of powerhouse in terms of what it does. And this one just didn't reflect that for me. I mean, again, we both could be way off. This could be a really great game, and all the Microsoft fanboys are just going to go out there and be like, see, you Sony nerds don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm not going to... I'm, hoping, I'm, they, I'm yeah. hoping that they are right. Like, I don't want to be accurate in saying that Halo is in trouble or that it will not not meet people's expectations. I want to be wrong with that. Yeah, we want Halo Infinite to be a Game of the Year candidate, so that way Sony doesn't get, you know, 
cocky. We don't want them to start like getting lax on their morals. Yeah, as a Sony fanboy, the one thing that is the the worst thing for Sony is to be unchallenged, and that like Sony Sony needs Xbox. Oh, have we learned what happens when they're unchallenged? Yeah, yeah. The best thing for Sony is a healthy Xbox, and so I want. I don't want Sony to ever feel comfortable. Like I want them to constantly feel like they have to impress me. So no, I even have a vested interest as a Sony fanboy for Xbox and like Halo to, to do well. So, uh, last things on Halo, they announced the Xbox elite controller and the Halo special edition series X. Honestly, that console looks dope. Like, if I was to get a Series X at some point, I would like to have that that console. Oh, the only thing that went through my head was, I'm not going to buy it, but if if a Horizon PS5 existed, I would be damn close. No, I, like it's it's a nice looking unit, and I I'm actually surprised I, we haven't seen any like custom uh, skins for a PS5 yet. I wonder if that's something they're just kind of hang hanging in their back pocket still. Yeah, I imagine that we're going to eventually. I, think I mean, aren't they making a new? I, I thought I saw that they've actually started releasing a new like form of the console now. Like they've like an updated version. Yeah, they did. So Sony uh, did announce that they have a new console, uh, like a like a redesign of it. Uh, yeah, like it's just taking is, over the skew, basically. Yeah, yeah, and but what the big thing is, and maybe we'll talk about this next week. Uh, I guess some of the like it doesn't vent as well, or that the. Um, heat sink isn't as big anymore and so the console's running anywhere from like three to five degrees hotter so that's not good considering it's early days and it hasn't even been yeah we'll we'll talk about it more i've i've heard people also come out and be like it's not what everybody thinks it is it might have just been a bad test who knows but yeah so we'll see we'll see maybe we'll talk about that next week uh stay focused on the topic adam (laughs) uh but yeah uh, i like the console i'm glad it worked out um couple ones that we're gonna go like i think that's the big stuff i feel we can kind of just go through some of them real quick on ubisoft because i'm sure you'd love to talk about that uh riders republic anything come out of that for you i actually am pretty stoked for that i'm not again it's not really it's not gonna be a full price thing but i grew up with ssx and and games like that so from what i've heard about it because i've i've only seen gameplay footage i looked at that and said shit I had no interest in it when I first heard about it. Now that I've seen gameplay of it, I'm like, that looks exactly like the shit that I grew up with. Son of a bitch. Now I'm interested. I'm Son still not going to touch I'm it until it's at least half off. But like, I wasn't even considering it like months ago. Now I'm like, oh no, it actually looks like fun. <laughs> See, it does not move the needle for me at all. Like I get very much like steep vibes and... And, and trials fusion and those games trials fusion was fun but like just that constant like whoa bro check out these gnarly like you know it doesn't it's that weird ubisoft trying to be hip and cool kind of extreme it always just has a weird vibe with me coming from ubisoft and so i'm like yeah it has the gameplay of steep meets with like the cringe of like watchdogs too and so for me i was just like i am not interested in this and it's a like online game, which also is really not something that it, it's a knock against it for me. Well, if, if it was ever like a PlayStation uh, Plus title or something down the road, or even if it's on Game Pass, mm. I probably take a look. At, although I don't actually come to think of it, are Ubisoft games ever really on Game Pass? Probably not. Mm, yeah, I don't. I'm no, I think, think it, Assassin's Creed, isn't it? 
Yeah, maybe, but like it probably wouldn't be anytime soon. I can't imagine because no, I imagine Ubisoft wanted to be on UPlay for the first little bit for a while. But isn't UPlay on Game Pass? Is it? I can't remember. I, I know they started getting EA in there, but I couldn't remember if UPlay's been a part of it yet. I am like somewhat certain. Like, hey, let us know in the chat if you're watching us on YouTube. Like, is Ubisoft available on Games Pass? Let us know. But like, but yeah, if if it's something I can get for really really cheap, like six six months down the road or something, and like get a, bu- a bunch of friends to want to play it with, because yeah, yeah, I could I could never play this solo. Maybe I could play solo a little bit, but I could never imagine doing this like extensively. This mm-hmm. this seems again more like a game that I play with friends just for shits and giggles, and it does yeah. look like a lot of fun. But I if if it doesn't really have like a, a solid single player aspect to it, if it's mostly an online thing, yeah, it probably wouldn't do very well for me because the, the core of SSX tricky is the you know doing crazy stunts and whatever where the AI are just like shit talking you while you pass them constantly. So if if it's you playing with a bunch of with a bunch of uh, people that thank God I wouldn't be in public chat for, I guess it still wouldn't <laughs> be so bad. But it it it's probably still not the same thing. It's not as quirky as as SSX was. But it's mm-hmm. got it's got the gameplay bits of it down, so that kind of grabbed my attention. Like when I say I'm stoked, it means I'm not pre-ordering this sucker. It means I'm like I'm actually like casually optimistic about it now, compared to I'm not even paying attention to its existence. Mm. Fair enough. And the other big one that came out was the Far Cry Six uh, campaign trailer. So it looks like we are going to be a journalist that joins rebellion against Carlos Esposito against who I guess is like turning his tobacco farms to make cancer and is being nefarious in terms of using like poor work conditions, I guess it's far cry. You don't need to give us that much. Just tell us who the bad guy is. Give us some crazy stuff to do and he'll let us go run around a Jeep and try to run over bears. Jesus. It's not that complicated. Yeah. I don't know for me. I like the story aspect is the most intriguing thing. Like I kind of get like original, like far cry two vibes out of this. Um, but I don't know. Far Cry to me has just gotten too formulaic. Well, that's what I mean too, right? Like the people who are probably going to be playing these games, they're not looking at it like, oh man, this story looks intense. They're more just going, oh, I can shoot guns with CDs now. Pff, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of games that stood out to you, we kind of covered the big ones. Oh, uh, the other one that they went through a detailed breakdown of Death Stranding director's cut. Adam, where were you before on Death Stranding director's cut and where did that trailer leave you off? Uh, I have been a $20 or less on Death Stranding guy. And I, after these trailers went, I'm still a $20 or less guy for Death Stranding. It has nothing to do with me being against Kojima. Cause obviously I love Metal Gear Solid five. So, you know, I'm, I'm currently on good terms with, with their games, but I still look at Death Stranding no matter how many times I've seen different people like mess with it. I look at, I cannot justify spending a lot of money on this because this is a game that I'm either going to love and it's going to be worth every dollar I put into it or I'm going to hate it immediately and I'm going to feel like an idiot for buying it. So I'm still yeah, hoping so- that one of these days it goes on for, for on PlayStation Plus. Just the, Not the director's cut, just the original game. Just so I can play the original game and just get it out of my system. You see, I'm the opposite. I, I'm not a huge Kojima fan which I know is sacrilegious to say on a gaming podcast, but uh, Kojima to me uh, seems like an awesome guy. I like his creativity, but it's just not, it's a little too out there and too convoluted for me. Um, and so it doesn't really do anything for me. I think I got into the metal gear series too late. Like I jumped in at four and I think that's like 
watching inception at the last 40 minutes and being like what the hell is going on so i think i just had a bad introduction to it and for me uh death stranding seems seems like a tedious game like it doesn't seem like it's a fun game it doesn't seem like and i know that the stories for kojima are typically a little bonkers and so i don't see the story super compelling either so i was kind of intrigued with the director's cut like i thought they were going for a bit of a more action orientated you know streamlined gameplay and it seems like it's done that a little bit but it also seems like it's just gone off the rails in terms of what it's doing like it just seems like it's more content which is awesome um but just like a little bit wackier too and just more like it didn't do anything to kind of make justify why now is the time to get into the game and so for me it was cool i know there's some people who are super excited for it um but yeah didn't do anything for me yeah like i i find that most of the people that are going after the director's cut are going to be people that have already played it and just want to play something like a, a different version of it yeah. i don't know if this convinces new people to play it because now the price has gone back up so it's not really going to justify it if you weren't going to buy death Stranding at 30 bucks you're certainly not going to buy it again at 80 so yeah it doesn't seem like it revolutionized the gameplay enough for me to justify that now is the time to get in yeah that's why i'm saying like it almost Unlike- feels like it'd be a great idea to put the original for free on PlayStation Plus and see if you can convince people to get into it enough that maybe they look at the director's cut version and buy it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that might be the way to go. Speaking of director's cut, I am now working my way through Ghost of Fukushima. Oh, there you go. On 10 review. Coming sometime. At some point. Uh, what are the... Uh, so we talked about the big ones. What are some of like the smaller ones that kind of stood out to you that you want to kind of give some attention to? Uh, Apart from the... Uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, which really, it just looks like Turtles in Time with now April O'Neil also in there. And they'll probably introduce a couple more. I swear to God, if they just put April as the only new character and we don't get Casey Jones, I'm a flip my shit. Because now that we know that there can be more than the four, I need my Casey Jones. I need it so bad. Casey Jones is definitely in there. I need to beat the shit out of somebody with a hockey stick. As a Canadian, I need to do that. It's part of my constitutional right and my birthright, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's one of the perks. But I mean, I can't say much about it that, you know, you can't already, like if you're a gamer and you've played any, any classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game, I've already, it's it's already explained to you. You don't need me to say anything more to it. Mm -hmm. But if we're then talking about like, say something like the Outlast Trials, now you have my attention. Okay. This is one that didn't move it for me. So why did it move it for you? Um, because it, it legitimately looks like what would happen if you take, you know, a co-op game and put it in the saw world kind of deal that's that's the vibe i get from it like you're trying it almost seems like a like um like a four-person co-op escape room that's kind of what Mm -hmm. it feels like to me which is kind of interesting now it's also got some horror elements so it might be a little bit tough on me but there's still a game called a gtfo that i'm waiting to go down in price on steam too that looks like a lot of fun because it looks like you know left for dead but much more horrifying so I've already been curious about that. So something like this is is no different. I, I'd love to to play a game of this kind of thing if it was for the right price and if I could get three other people to consistently play it with. That would be a lot of fun. And I'd love to show you footage, but uh, Streamlabs, again, is freezing. Oh, nope, it stopped freezing on me. Now I can show you footage. Ha! Streamlabs. I don't know what it is. I swear to God. We've never had these problems lately, and now all of a sudden Streamlabs, after a certain amount of time, will just freeze the bottom half of my screen that lets me change the sources so I can switch mm-hmm. between our like video trailer section and the normal section. For any of those not listening or watching the video version, we, we have a lovely uh, 
A lovely video interface going on here that apparently now doesn't always want to work. It still records fine, but I can't change anything, which sucks. But so now we're just gonna have like this like horror game playing as we're talking for the rest of the show. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's it's only a minute, so it better so it better not freeze on me sooner or else we're gonna be staring at nothing for a while. But uh <laughs> the gist that I got from it, again, it it just it's again a concept more than anything else, because I mean the gameplay didn't really show me enough to really get a sense of what's going on. But like I, I love any idea of four player co-op games because now that I've played the Back for Blood um beta, I, I'm I've got that like I've got the kick right back in me. I'm ready to go back into these kinds of games and to give me more options, I'm down. I, and especially something that seems like a different avenue rather than just being here's a shit ton of zombies go kill them now it's like hey try to escape this friggin' hell together yeah i'm down uh for me the ones that kind of excited me or that i thought were interesting worth checking out uh star wars lego giant star wars geek i got i got the millennium falcon like right behind me i mean it's uh, it's a, it's a lego game like we already know it's, it's going to be a really fun seven to eight out of ten every time they don't really oh, have yeah. any other level honestly that's one of the games that if you are listening and you want to get like your significant other or someone who's not into gaming the lego games are an awesome way to get someone in especially because they have so many different licensed properties now that no matter what your interest is you could probably get them in whether it's indiana jones or if it's yeah, Harry Potter, Star Wars, whatever. There is a game out there and there's so much fun. So me me and my wife will often play together. And so the fact that it's every single Star Wars movie, which is, you know, for good and bad, um, it's it's interesting. And I, I'm really excited to have that game and play it. Uh, the two that kind of stood out that were kind of unknowns for me were uh, Midnight Fight Express, which is coming out in summer of 2022. Kind of like this John Wick style fighting game. Uh, and the thing that interests me is that it was made by like a single developer. So it really kind of I had no expectations of this game. And it looks like it's a fast paced kind of brawler style of game. So like isometric kind of game. And it looks like you're kind of going through with like operatives and kind of going through and fighting people. I'm super excited about this game. It looks really neat. Like, yeah, we just saw some guy just doing some gun food right there. So I don't really have a lot of details about this. It kind of looks a little bit like. You've got a bunch of different fighters with different styles, but I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, it, look, it, that looks, s- it looks like a fun, like, you know, pop it in for 30 minutes to an hour, play a couple of levels, and then, you know, be happy with that and then go back later. Yeah, like, it's kind of weird because I get a whole bunch of different things. Like, it seems like at some point, like, I sometimes get, like, a Watch Dogs vibe in the sense of, you know, different playable characters. I sometimes get, like, a Hitman vibe to it, so... I'm really excited to see what this turns out like. Uh, it's definitely got me intrigued. I'm not saying that this is a day one for me, but this one definitely has caught my eye and I'm eager to see. Where yeah, it it's goes. like a steam wish list kind of exactly put it on there and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, the other one in the same vein is uh, Sifu. Uh, that is that other sort of martial arts style game that got announced, I think, at the, one of the Sony state of plays. We've seen uh, so many different trailers for that, and it just never shows up. So now that it seems to finally have a date, we're like, OK, is that does yeah. that mean we're done seeing a trailer in every single video conference that happens on the on the Internet now? <laughs> yeah, no, this one looks good. Same vein. I like that sort of John Wick style fighting style game. And so uh, really excited to see where that one goes. Um yeah, and then one of the th- big news stories that we didn't talk about was that Horizon Zero Dawn got pushed out February. Uh, it's coming out, so look forward to that. And then the Horizon Zero Dawn got a 60 FPS um, 
sort of boost. So yeah, there. I mean, kind it's coming. It's coming up four days before my birthday, so that sounds like a great birthday present. Hey, for there me, you so. go. Happy birthday. So yeah, I'm very excited for that one. Um, and then yeah, uh, Dokeev. I don't know if you saw that one. That one's a weird one. And once again, not saying this is good, but it's definitely something that has caught my attention. Um, kind of a weird, neat, interesting art style. It kind of almost looks like the, the environment looks like it's almost going for a hyper realistic kind of look, but then the characters are very much cartoony. So it's like this weird juxtaposition that I don't, I'm not used to seeing. Um, kind of also gave like a little bit of a Pokemon. I was just going to say, this looks like what Pokemon games should start looking like now. Yeah, this is what, yeah, definitely. But like, I also kind of got like kingdom hearts kind of vibe off that. Was that just me? Uh, I would probably, well, I mean, maybe the, maybe the visual style might be a part, but I, I could definitely not go too far onto that one. I just meant more like the combat style in that sort of like closed in area, a little bit over the top, but I mean, you're the kingdom hearts guy. Like I just go peripherally from what I've seen. Um, I mean, maybe like bare bonesy maybe, but like, I wouldn't say it's like remotely close to the other. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited. Like this one is. It's got a, it's an interesting look and I'm excited to see where it goes. Like this is the part right here where it kind of looks a little bit over the top kind of Kingdom Hearts style, but that just might be me as someone who's never played that game. I was going to say, it could be yeah, well, if, if you're considering it and you've never played the game, well, now I'm severely questioning it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what did you think of this, about this trailer? It's a yeah. weird one. It's it's quirky enough to like you kind of remember it because it looks so strange. Like watching it again, I'm just like, man, I I literally cannot tell if I'm going to like this or not because it, it has all the kind of things that would grab my attention. But I also look at this and being like, man, this could be so like bland copy and pasty by the end of it. Like, I don't know. It's it, it's to me, it looks like either something that's going to be amazing or it's just going to not register with anybody. Yeah, this is definitely one that is going to be. This is like the new benchmark for, I think, what people are going to expect of Pokemon games. Yeah, it should, too, because um mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that we're sitting here and Pokemon games just don't look like this is insane. Like, we have Breath of the Wild on the market, and it's been out for, like, years now, and we still don't have a Pokemon game even remotely close to that. Yeah. It's kind of a shame. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much it. Those are the big ones that kind of piqued my interest and I thought were interesting. Uh, overall, what did you think of, you know, opening night live, the Jeff Keighley show, compared to what... Let's Let's talk about compared to other sort of shows that we've seen in the last, you know, year to two years or so. Eh, pretty standard show. I didn't think I didn't think it like there wasn't anything that made me go, oh, shit, I'm going to remember that forever. But it was mostly like a lot of stuff. I'm like, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, that looks pretty good. That looks fine. It was a bunch of like, OK, cool. There's some stuff to look forward to. But I didn't exit that going like, oh, man, the that I can't believe that got revealed there. Oh, my God. They, they had that show up like there wasn't really anything there that I went. I can't believe that that was there. Like even Midnight Suns, I'm like, we've known about that ga- that property for a while. It's just now it's out in the ether. Like there weren't surprises that I went and went like, man, that's cool. But I mean, it doesn't have to. It just has to make sure that you show you enough games to keep your interest. And it did that. It also further put along some games that we've been waiting for a while. So that helps too. So, I mean, it, it did its job. I'm just not going to sit here and say it was like a blowaway show. It was just, it was a good show. See, I disagree. I th- I think it was a good show, especially for Gamescom. Gamescom slowly, but has not really been the place that you go to for big announcements, big trailers. It wasn't. It, it's not traditionally been the E3 um, show like other shows are. 
like game awards is typically has some has some big trailers and announcements e3 does but like gamescon was always sort of not lesser but you you expected less from that um and i felt like jeff Keighley totally crushed it i thought it was a great show clearly had some quiet some down parts but i mean that's you know he's got bills to pay and you know that show doesn't run for free but i think i think this kind of sets the bar of what you know game conferences need to be i think the idea of having i don't know like it sounds weird but like having one large you know dedicated platform like i think e3 showed us that a lot of game companies at least right now don't have enough content to justify having an hour and a half two hour show so i think to have someone you know amalgamate those big announcements and make one large massive show i don't know it's it's really appealing and maybe this might be where we see things like e3 go where it's not here everyone has their own presentations and platforms but rather here is one tight show that brings everyone together and i can see the benefits for that like imagine if sony could have a situation where they now have xbox players watching their conference to and seeing what playstation's offering in xbox like they all benefit from getting eyes that might not typically watch it like i don't watch every single game conference show that comes out but if i'm there because i know that there's some stuff that appeals to me i am now getting exposed to stuff that i may not have been exposed to so i don't know i think there's a potential in this being a new way of delivering that sort of message I'll make the case, too, that it's very possible that Gamescom really stood out this year because E3 was that lackluster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, no, I definitely, think, I definitely think that is the case. Like, E3 dropped the ball, and I feel like Jeff Gilly kind of crushed it with this one. Yeah. So, I just, I don't know. I, I wonder if the, if the large mass of every publisher gets its own show kind of E3 thing is, I don't know. This year, it didn't really work out so well, and this amalgamated one show for all the publishers worked out, I think better. If we get things back to somewhat of a semblance of normal, where we have like this, a, like a steady flow again, maybe we can do it again. But like, until we kind of get out of this funk, I don't, yeah, I don't think we can really do that. Yeah. It, it has to be more segmented the way that it's been for a while. Now we have to have something more like what this show was. For sure. Um, any sort of closing thoughts about Gamescom before we move on? just standard good show got a few more cool things to look forward to and yeah yeah for sure uh this next story was one that you brought up uh this is regarding china and limiting online gaming for those under 18 uh so this is coming from reuters uh so they wrote uh, china on monday introduced new rules that limit the amount of time under 18s can spend on video games to three hours a week a move it said was necessary to combat gaming addiction. The new rules place the onus on implementation on the gaming industry and are not laws per se that would punish individuals for infractions. Uh, why is China concerned about gaming addiction? Thirties in China, the world's largest video game market, have worried for years about addiction to gaming and internet among young people, setting up clinics which combine therapy and military drills for those with so-called gaming disorders. Rising rates of nearsightedness were also cited as concerns in 2018. Um, the National Press and Publication Administration, the regulator which approves video game titles, said on Monday the new rules were a response to growing concerns that game, games affected the physical and mental health of children. Uh, about 62.5% of, of Chinese minors often play games online. And 13. 2 of underage mobile game use mobile games for more than two hours a day on weekdays, according to state media. Um, 
Yeah, and so the new restrictions forbid children under 18 to play online games from Monday through Thursday, effective September 1st. They can only play for one hour between 8 and 9 p.m. on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, and public holidays. Online gaming companies must ensure that they have put real name verification systems in place, and all titles will eventually need to be connected to an anti-addiction system being set up by the NPPA. NPPA told state news agency Xinxiao, I think? I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, it would increase the frequency and intensity of inspections of online gaming companies to ensure time limits were put in place. The regulator will also set up measures to punish gaming firms that violate the rules and has increased penalties given the inspections, noting that more than 10,000 gaming titles were reviewed last year. It noted minors could still use their parents' accounts to bypass the restrictions, and said parents and schools also need to step up supervision. Adam, first of all, what do you make of this? And do you think it'll what do you think it'll do for Chinese game industry? And do you think this can even be enforced? Well, it's gonna be enforced. It's not like mm -hmm. really anybody's gonna be able to challenge it in China. Mm -hmm. But does it really make much of a difference? I mean, for kids that apparently don't know how to work computers, yeah. But I mean, for the most part, like as as I've read online, like there are some pretty easy ways to spoof it. You can just take your parents' ID or there are even places where you can just get some random Chinese ID and register that. Like most kids now apparently are pretty smart and don't, you know, use their own IDs to register for online games. So mm. there's a lot of ways around it, but it, it really just comes down to like, I, I know that like this is different because we're hearing it from China rather than what we're used to here in, in North America or even in Europe. But like mm. whenever I see stories like this, this is why I brought this up. It just reminds me again and again I still cannot understand how we're in 2021 and we still have all these people that, especially now, because we're now getting to a point where like we have eighties and nineties kids that grew up with games and they're now getting into positions of power and they're still just relaying this dogma that of how dangerous games are and how bad gaming is not to deny mm -hmm. the fact that gaming addiction is a real thing. It can happen, mm -hmm. but like they're equating a kid that probably plays League of Legends a couple hours every day before they go to bed to a guy that literally contributes nothing to society and is just, you know, he, he's going to die in a friggin' net cafe because he, mm -hmm. all he does is play games. Like, there, there are two complete differences to that. For every one of those crazy cases, there's a hundred kids that are not abusing the system. And, yeah. again, parents... It should be their responsibility, not the government's. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a story like this comes out and my brain just goes, okay, it's just another government trying to impose their will on something they know nothing about, which is not abnormal. This is just the, like, the, this is the extreme case. This is what would happen if, like, the governments over the years, you know, were able to pretty much put a ban on things like Dungeons and Dragons or heavy metal music or taking games like Grand Theft Auto off of store shelves in, in North America back in 2002. Like there's all these different scenarios that could have played out when we were kids. And here it is in 2021, somewhere else in the world actually happening. And it's frightening as a gamer to know that that can happen. How long it sits there in, in Parliament, how long it actually like is enforced, who knows? Could be forever, could be couple months could be a couple of years but the fact that it got through and is going to be enforced is the kind of stuff that makes me go man i thought we were past this shit but every every couple of years or so something comes out that just makes us go nope it's still the exact same scapegoat it's always been
and doesn't seem like it's getting away from that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think they're I want to be sensitive to the fact that, you know, it is China and that they do have a different experience than what we do here in like the Western world. And you talk about us like, you know, guys in their 30s and stuff like we're at that point where we've got kids. We grew up with games, but like. I don't know if that was the case in China. So I don't know, like they might be having that moment that we were having back in the nineties where the people in charge were kind of not familiar. I don't know if the people in charge there. It's probably the case because they've been so like, they have fast forwarded through a lot more than we did. So it could be a very similar case. Yeah. Like they could just be behind it. Like the people who are in power now may not be people who, you know, in the past had access to that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I'm not well researched in terms of what it's like there. So, but the, I'd imagine if I was guessing that might be like a situation that's there. I mean, it sucks. Like I, I do see, you know, there are, I, I mean, I do see it. I know I, I, I get where they're coming from, but like you said, it's a small percentage. Like it's a very big spectrum spectrum in terms of, you know, kids who are spending way too much time playing and people who, you know, have a healthy adjustment to it. And yeah, I don't really know what the, what the situation or solution is there. Well, to me, the um, core thing is that it shouldn't be something the government legislates. It's not their problem. Well, I think I think unless the they one... can prove like evident, like proper evidence, not like, mm-hmm. you know, authoritative government evidence. If you can mm-hmm. properly show studies that show like it's not like a minute problem, like all of our studies here in the West have done. If you can show like definitive proof that in China it's like a serious epidemic kind of problem. Sure, we can accept it, but I'm not willing to believe that because every other study in the world has shown that it's it's a minor problem. That's a that's not nearly what everybody else thinks it is. So, yeah, I imagine that there's larger, you know, circumstances that are going on with, you know, if it is an issue that that kids there are playing more games. Like, I bet you there's more deeper roots as to why they're doing that. Not having any knowledge on the culture, the like the, that sort of situation, I can't speak to it. Um, but I imagine that there are deeper causes to that. So interesting it, it sucks and hopefully that this doesn't last long i think it's it, interesting it that triggers the child in me that's all that's that's what I it did tell. like the inner child in me was like i remember the day and this is a bit of an aside but i remember the day that just because like as a grumpy little kid i didn't want to pick up dog poop one day in the middle of winter i got mm-hmm. my consoles taken away from me for a week and i sat there being like this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen like even as a as a like an 11 year old kid i'm sitting there being like this is stupid like I'm literally mm. getting something that's like that keeps me, especially back in the days where I was got bullied. So it was like the one thing that kept me sane when I was at home. I'm like the mm-hmm. one thing that like I look forward to every day has been taken away from me for a week because I wouldn't yeah. pick up a turd on the ground. Yeah. And it's like it's that overreaction that when I see stories like this, the same time that whenever I saw like your Jack Thompson's trying to take games off of store shelves and all that stuff, that my brain goes, you guys just it, it's OK to not understand something. But it's another thing to try to take it away from people because you don't understand that thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think it'll be interesting that they are putting the onus on the game developers to do this. And I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see if those companies are going to find it worthwhile to to do that like i don't know what the demographics in terms of gaming are in china but like if a lot of their populate like a lot of their player base is now only playing for three hours a week are they going to say you know this isn't worth it and it's not only good for the business model is it yeah but i don't think we're talking like i think when they're talking about the gaming the games that they're playing i don't think they're talking about the kind of games that we typically think of like they're not playing 
I, like they're not playing, you know, watchdogs. They're not playing. No, we're definitely talking know, more things like League of Legends, Dota, stuff like that. Probably. And I think a lot of mobile games too. Yeah. Like that that kind of stuff. And those free to play games, which I think, to be honest, are designed to be somewhat predatory. So like I imagine they're playing a lot of those like free to play games on their mobile phones. And I can see why that could like those are designed to be addictive. Yeah. So, but again, I, don't know. I always just go back to like, why is the government getting involved in terms of like cutting hours? Like it's one like if you really want to attack the problem, like get rid of stuff like, you know, microtransactions stuff like have an age gate on these things. Like there's so many other ways to go about it to limit kids to playing games three hours on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Like what what's that going to do? Especially in the last like, year and a half. It's been a pandemic. There's nothing you can do but play video games like I don't know. All right, Adam, let's wrap this one up. Uh, you've got an untimely review for us. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are not influential enough or rich enough to uh, get games ahead of time and get them reviewed to you before they get them released. So we review them as we can, when we can, on our own time, on our own dime. And we bring those reviews when we can, making them untimely reviews. Adam, this week uh, you said that you played 12 minutes. I've heard mixed things about this game, so I'm excited to see what you have to say. Yeah, um... I was really excited for it just for the fact that I like these little quick, like couple hour story, crazy games. And then when you have, when you tell me that James McAvoy and, um, oh my God, Daisy Ridley. well that too, but, um, oh my God, I'm, this is twice now that I'm blanking up on names that I shouldn't be. Willem Dafoe. Jeez. Well, at least I figured that one out. Sorry, Miyamoto. I'm bad. I somehow I remember Willem Dafoe, but not you. What a, what a great gamer I am. But like when you got a really interesting voice cast like that, like that gets my attention too. I'm like, oh, okay, so this could be like really good act, really good voice acting along with like a pretty interesting story. So I went into it kind of just hoping that, you know, I get something pretty cool, you know, something like really interesting and, and things that kind of push, you know, the limits of what game will be kind of expect from games. And yeah, it was a bit of a mixed bag. Like by the time that I finished it, you know, I didn't, I didn't leave it thinking like, oh man, what a waste of time this was. But mm-hmm. I also didn't leave the game being like, man, like, this this blew it out of the water. Like I went like, no, this is fine. This is this is a decent experience. It didn't take too much time, and it, and it mm-hmm. had some cool ideas. The idea of it just being basically like this really short, like eight minute loop that you have to like. Well, I guess you could say twelve minute loop, but it's technically more like eight to ten minutes. I mean, in the early parts of the game, it's not twelve minutes. You you have a much shorter amount of time. It's being able to do certain steps that allows you to get to like that extra couple of minutes. But it's the idea of like. Every time you you go back into the same loop, you get like another idea that gets you that much closer to figuring out something further. Maybe you learn an extra bit of thing that maybe an extra you know keyword to speak to somebody in the dialogue. Maybe you get a different answer that gives you something else to say, or maybe you find something and maybe that adds on to stuff. So it was interesting that like you would play these loops and constantly sit there and be like, okay, what haven't I tried yet? What like what order of things haven't I done? And mm-hmm. For the most part, it worked pretty well. You know, it it took me at one point I got stuck that I needed to I needed to Google one thing just to figure out like how to deal with one specific problem. And as soon as I got the answer, I said, How would I have known that? Because there's one specific bit that like it gives you a tiny bit of information, 
but it, then it doesn't tell you that if you do it again, something bad can happen on top of that. My brain goes, if something bad happens the first time, I'm not doing it a second time, but apparently the game wanted me to do it the second time so I would learn that that's something I could use. I'm like, so great, because I was trying to be safe. <laughs> it cost me not knowing what to do in the game. So that was a little bit frustrating, but I mean, otherwise, it was pretty easy to go through. You know, you just, you figure out one more thing, you try something different, you try a different, like, order of things, and then it gets to the end where you're like, okay, I need to do, like, these five things in a very short window to make sure I have enough time to do what I want to do here. And then you get into all the endings where uh, I I got specifically one ending, and I've seen a whole bunch of other ones. Some of them I'm like, man... You you could not pay me to do that intentionally. There's a couple endings that I'm like, I, I could not do that. There's <laughs> there's one specifically called the coward ending that I could never imagine doing. Unless it's in real life, then maybe I could get pressured into that because you never know, which I think is the beauty of an ending like that because it shows like the reality of what a situation could lead to because you don't know mm-hmm. how you'd react to certain things. But overall, like... There's nothing I can say about the game like that isn't like going to be spoilery because it's such a small, like story-driven game. The gameplay is so basic. It's just like it's almost like a point and click. Like you just go and and puzzle your way through the story. The acting is fine. Like I actually, if if I hadn't known that James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe were in it, I wouldn't have noticed because none of the voices mm. were like obvious. In a good way or a bad way? Like, do you find like it's a wa- it was a waste of the talent or? Was it just not utilized properly or was or is this a compliment that it, it is? You know done what? So well I'm going to say it was a waste of the talent because it didn't stand out. Mm. I didn't feel like any one of the three were like, holy shit, like I'm going to remember that voice acting. I didn't. You know, mm. you could have put any three random actors in there and it probably would have been fine, which okay. is a shame because you kind of hope for something a little bit different. It may also be that the voices that. they use, they didn't use like a voice that we're normally used to hearing them with. Like Willem Dafoe wasn't over the top. James McAvoy wasn't using his like Charles Xavier voice. So like you weren't getting like voices that you were familiar with. You were just getting like almost like different voices that you never heard before. So you wouldn't really have known the difference of it. So I don't know. It was weird. Like, let's talk about like focusing on this, because I feel like that was one of the main selling points of this game was the was the actors. Do you find that maybe we didn't recognize the voices, but were the lines acted out in a way that it was convincing or or did it come across as just bland and generic? Well, in terms of like it coming across the way it was supposed to, it did just fine. But like I said, like, it's not something that like you remember certain voice actors in games like you're not going to remember the same way you remember like an Ellie in the last of us kind of deal. Right. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not that it's more of, um, it was just, it's more the story and the process of trying to get your way through. That was more interesting. Like the voice acting is more like the background music. Cause it really, there is music, but you don't really notice cause you're more focused on like the key things you need to listen to. Mm-hmm. So you could almost say like it was, the voice acting did, does what background music for a lot of games do where you don't notice the music because it's doing a good job of keeping you like in, in the game and not thinking too much outside of it. Mm-hmm. But like, again, for a game that was advertising like two actors specifically in McAvoy and Defoe that I'm pretty familiar with and me leaving that game being like, you could have put anybody else in there and said that, Oh, that was James McAvoy. And I would have been like, really? I wouldn't have known the difference. Yeah. That's, that's too bad that like that they didn't really, bring anything to the table but i mean if, if it was acted out really well maybe that was all they were looking for who knows now like, did you find that the story was compelling and like you were eager to see what happened next or was it kind of a bit of a slog here's the problem like it's hard to say if that's even a thing you can have in this game 
because there's such short loops you're mm-hmm. more like focusing on how to get out than you are like mm-hmm. the story that's going on there's there's somewhat of a of a weird story that goes on with it but by the time the gig got to that i was already like i've already figured out the core of the puzzle of the game like at this point i i didn't leave the story being like man like that was a really cool twist i was more at the end just being like hey i made it to the end it was more like going through a puzzle mm-hmm. game than anything else like it's I really do feel like it's a puzzle game that happens to have a story in it. Okay. Which depending on how what you're looking for in that kind of game isn't a bad thing. But like if you're going in thinking it was going to be this, you know, like something akin to like a Firewatch or a Gone Home or even a Life is Strange depending on how you think about those games. Mm-hmm. Um 12 minutes isn't quite that, but I think it has more to do with the fact that it's a shorter game with these loops. So it doesn't have mm. a lot of time to really tell a story. It's a very small fragment. Like, okay, twelve minutes is like playing le- like a chapter of Life is Strange, or not even a chapter. Like maybe like an act of a chapter. Like it's mm. it's not much. There's not a lot of uh, meat to chew on. It's more the it's more the puzzle and figuring out how to get out of that story. That's more the selling point of the game once you play it. So if you're going in expecting, you know something like again like a firewatch you're not you're probably not going to get the same value but you're going to get something a little bit different yeah now in terms of because you said you got the one ending and you kind of finished it were you compelled to kind of go in and try different ways of getting the stories or was no it just kinda... i basically went to youtube and watched the rest because i'm like i because i knew a lot of the endings i was gonna have to figure out like there were two other endings i knew it could get immediately because there were choices because mm-hmm. i was at the like pick this to get it to get the ending stuff but um, in in any of the other specific cases, there's some of the, the endings that, well, here's the, it's hard to call them endings. Like they're more, they're more just like, they're more specific points that like could feel like an end, but you still go back into the loop kind of like ending. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at the, if you ever like complete the game once and then look at the YouTube video for all the endings, you're going to think like, is that really an ending? Because it just puts you back in the loop again, because I mean, you can get taken, uh, you can get killed essentially in the game and you just go back into a loop. And there are endings that are similar to that where it's just like something bad happens. So it just pops you up back in the loop again or something so good get, happens, but it's not the true ending. So you're back in the loop. You don't get that. You don't get any sort of resolution or conclusion in, in the. In terms of like actual over. conclusive endings where like the loop is over. I think there's like two endings, but there's more like mm. akin. They claim that there's more akin to like eight to ten. Hmm interesting so what's your recommendation what's your rating what where where do you fall in this game if you have game pass it's an easy recommend because you're not okay. buying it if you're buying it i'd wait for it to go half off i i can't imagine okay. it at at anything else like it's it's too short and it's also not quite what i think a lot of people were expecting from it so i, w- I would go in like cas like with some sort of like um like casual like just to, you know kind of peeking at it sort of like just keep a close mm-hmm. eye on it and maybe just like look at a couple of reviews of what other people are saying about it just to get a sense of it but i mean again like it's it's not something that i would go and pay you know a decent amount of money for this is like a 10 dollar game to me now are you saying that this is something that like people should give it a shot like even like if it goes on half price or is it like only going to this if you're interested If it's if it's half off, I say go for it. Okay. I, I think it's unique enough and interesting that it, that it does what it needs to do. 
and I, I can I can easily recommend it if you're a puzzle game guy. Otherwise, awesome. otherwise it's it's a half off game to me. Cool. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Adam. Uh, if you guys have played 12 minutes to, or 12 minutes, let us know what you think in the comments below. As always, you can feel free to comment on any of the shows that we've talked about before or the topics we've talked. So let us know what games you're excited for from Gamescom. Um, you know, which ones appeal to you? Which ones do you think are going to be successes? What did you think of Gamescom overall? Um, and yeah, we'll wrap up the show there. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time with us, uh, we hope it was good for you. If you're one of our regulars, thank you so much for sticking around with us. We really appreciate it. We see that the numbers are growing. Uh, we could always use your help, though. Feel free to share it with your friends. Put it on Facebook. Let Grandma know about the Pixel Play podcast. I'm sure she'd love us if she got to know us. Uh, you can reach out to us if you have questions. If you want to share your thoughts, we're happy to share them on the podcast. Email us at pixelplaypodcast at gmail.com. You can also get to us more instantaneously uh, through Twitter or Instagram at pixelplaycast. Uh, and you can find us on YouTube at Pixel Play Podcast or by searching for us wherever you get your podcasts. I've been your host, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, and my co-host is Adam C.S. Radical. Thank you guys so much. We will see you guys next week. Bye for now.